Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Tech for Tech Tech Talk. This is an IT podcast or show where we help your IT business grow. So we've got an interesting show on tonight, or should I say today, because we're live at 2 p.m. instead of 8 p.m. Right. Today we have got two of the target MDs, or should I say past, present, future, maybe, something along that lines, uh, here with us today talking to us and telling us basically what's going on and uh, introducing themselves. So let's go to Paul first. So Paul, if you want to just introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are and what you do, or should I say what you did do, um, and um, go from there, and then we'll come back uh, in a second to Michael. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Uh, I'm Paul. I think probably most people probably already know me. Uh, I am the outgoing managing director of Target Compliance. So in answer to the what do I do, it's not very much and increasingly less as time goes on. Um, so I think probably want to get on to this guy who's the incoming managing director of Target. Right. Thank you, Paul. So, yeah, Michael, so if you want to just introduce yourself, let everyone who know who you are then. Yeah, hi, Phil. Hi, everyone. Um, so, yeah, my name is Michael Lawrence. I'm the incoming uh, and proud new MD of, of Target. Um, my, what do you know about me? Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a family guy with a golf addiction. Um, so if anyone wants a meeting with me, the simplest way to achieve it is to uh, put up 18 holes uh, somewhere decent. But the main thing, my, my background and career has, has largely been spent in distribution businesses. Uh, I am new to the IT industry, uh, but in, in learning the, the target business, uh, very familiar with, with how our model works. Uh, I have a lot to learn both internally and externally in the marketplace, but uh, very excited to be at Target and very excited for what the future uh, might be. And I think we'll talk a lot in the next hour about, about what some of those plans might look like. Right, okay, that sounds pretty good. Right, let's just go on to the comments first. If anyone is watching, please make sure you comment so we know where you're from, who you are, and if actually we're talking to ourselves or if anyone is actually watching. So let me just get rid of that graphics at the top end corner of the screen so we can see the comments coming in. So we've got Mark Dennis saying hello or afternoon all from Rayleigh Computers. So... Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, so, yeah, so if anyone else wants to comment, feel free. We'll give you a shout out as well. So, right, let's go on to some of the questions I have got come in. I think the first one is probably best is uh, to start with is why are you going, Paul? Uh, no, that's a good question. Um, I think we did the, it's probably last summer, we did the show about the EOT. So obviously we covered a lot about the changes uh, with the still ongoing. The, uh, we're about a week or two away from finalising the EOT. Um, but we spent a long time thinking about the structure of the ownership structure of the company going forward. So I don't think we'll go over the, the reasons for that now unless anybody asks the question again because we did it in that session. Um, but in part, of, um, in part of those discussions, in part of that, thinking and you're thinking about the long term now that was partly myself and ian as the the other owner it's in a, a kind of age where you become conscious you're not going to be around forever you're not going to be as as useful or as valuable forever and it kind of came out of those conversations the, the business is at stage where we've got a fantastic platform for growth we've got uh fantastic customers great relationships with people um good staff internally 
and some really, really interesting opportunities uh, for the future. We'd had a good period of growth, we uh, stable, growing profits. So we're in a really good position, but then I've been here a long time. And um, I think you get to the point, it's not that you've got the stage to the stage where you've nothing left to offer, but you've got sort of diminishing returns, I think, as time goes on. So it, it came out of the thinking about the, the ownership structure of the business and then what's the right management structure of the business going forwards. And I quite quickly sort of changed my opinion from this sort of crazy, the business depends on me and I'm, I'm crucial and all this sort of thing to once you start analysing it, you think if, and this is a crucial bit, if we can find the right person, it's a great time for somebody, uh, you know, a newer, younger, better version of me to come in, take over the business um, and bring that drive, energy. Uh, I think one thing that, that the more we thought about it, the more it became apparent was <laughs> we've been winging it for 20 years, really. We None of us have had that that sort of corporate background where we've seen a, a toolbox of how things work. There's pros and cons to that. Part of the uh, innovation in the history of the company, some of the madcap things we've done, which people have loved and have benefited people, have come from that sort of blank canvas thinking, we don't know what best to do to support our customers, so let's sort of brainstorm it, come up with what we can. The downside is you don't have a toolbox of things you can just turn to. So we're at a stage, we're at a size where I think I keep referring to it flippantly internally as a bit of growing up, uh, putting a bit of structure, um, improving the processes. We want to improve every area of the business. And really, we got to the stage where I think fresh blood, fresh drive, fresh energy, fresh ideas, fresh pair of eyes. Uh, like I say, a newer, younger, better version of me. So, so to bore out of that thinking, the two things are mutually exclusive, but it bore out of that that thought process. Hope that answers the question. Phil, I might have waffled a bit there. I think that answers it. Basically, you want in a bigger or newer toolbox with more more ideas in it. In basics. Um, but uh, I'll take it as Michael's a new toolbox. Not saying that you're a tool or anything, Michael, but... Uh... <laughs> I think it was having the toolbox available to us. It was more about experience and learnings and, and so on. But there you go. Right. Well, let's just not a great analogy. There we go. I think I think we get you. Uh, so uh, let's just quickly go through the chat. So uh, we got Cormy or Cormac um, saying hello from Sunny Crosshaven Computers over in Ireland. Uh, we've got Clive saying hi all, Clive from North uh, Norfolk, and we've got Peter saying hi all uh, from Peter Rob Team Scan Station Computers in Sunny Bognor Regis, and we've also got hello from the great team at gianti computers i think that's how you pronounce that one so yeah. thank you yeah. and oh, we've got andy as well from snowy nottingham as well yeah it's a bit, bit snowy here as well i think it well probably snowy in most places today what were you yeah. going to say there paul sorry i just said afternoon everybody all right cheers right let's go on to the next question then so um so, Michael, tell us about yourself. What have you done in the past? Why do you think Paul has hired you? Yeah, so my 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 main career background has been in distribution businesses. That's across a range of a range of sectors, uh, across a range of, of functions in which I've worked. Um, I'm a I'm an accountant by qualification, 
who's worked in marketing and worked in most recently leading leading sales teams and, and operational teams across a, a distribution hub and branch network. Um, there was a the first time I met Paul, there was a real synergy between what Paul was looking for and what I was looking for as well. So the the brief when we met was someone from a corporate background that understands how to structure and scale larger businesses, but combined with someone who individually wanted to be part of a team in a, in an SME business as we are that could kind of wed the two together. Now, my, most of my career is in that kind of cor- corporate environment and structure. But at this stage of my career, the biggest thing I wanted to do was to was to get hands on the tiller, if you like, and to actually run uh, a business. And for all the the kind of experience I have working in in larger environments of, of multiple different ownership structures, the chance to be part of the the leadership and the ownership team here at, at Target, there was a real um, synergy between what the two of us were, were both looking for. So I think we've we've met and it's a bit of a, a marriage of convenience for us both. And one of the things that I, I'll say is from the very first meeting that we had, I think Paul and I are, are different different people with some different views on some things, but our fundamental ethos about how a business runs is very, very similar. Um, I've said to the team in Target that at this stage of my tenure, I can make no promises about what the future may or may not bring and there's things that we will undoubtedly change, but there are two things that will, will I can guarantee will not change. One is that we will always be a people-focused organization. I think that the, the decision that uh, Paul and Ian have made to, to create Target as an employee-owned trust is the absolute ultimate proof uh, of that. And the second thing that will not change, um, and if anything, I want to solidify and, and take a step further if we can, is the Target has always been a, a customer-focused business. It's a business that takes long-term long-term views and stances in order to do the best that it can for its customers. When Paul and I struck together in the conversations we've had about that ethos, that's the point at which I knew that the target business was for me. So I'm, I'm massively impressed with the business that that we've inherited or that I've inherited um, and looking forward to, to, to kicking it on, as Paul just described. Just in terms of that, Phil, there was, we mm-hmm. had a, I think we had over 150 applicants for the role um we'd we'd gone through a couple of uh phases of recruitment and it started to feel we're looking for a needle in a haystack and michael came in the last interview of the last phase of recruitment when i'd already decided to relaunch it and get another sort of short list of candidates because as i say it started to feel like we're looking for a needle in a haystack so i'd, I'd kind of decided all the reasons i was going to I was going to get rid of this guy when he came in for an interview. We're about five minutes in the interview. Went, Bloody hell, he's got this guy. What's going on? Um, and it's just one of them where the fit is. Let's say we we were expecting to go back and sort of redo the brief, and we're thinking, how, how can we get people? We've not we've not had anybody who sort of aligns who's got the right the right kind of background, but the right kind of want somebody with an entrepreneurial attitude, very people-focused, very um, sort of insightful, reads people well, all this sort of stuff. And I think really I was feeling that match there probably five minutes into the first interview and everything from that point on, Michael's in what, his, his third week here, he's virtually thrown me out. Now, I don't think I'll last much longer, but um, third week here and just every bit of it is... 
just brings home how I think on both sides how how lucky we are because we've got that needle in the haystack. Somebody who perfectly fits our our ethos and shares our DNA in a sense, and also for what Michael's looking for in a career. This this is effectively Michael's career from here on in. His target and yeah, just a really really good fit. Now, Kevin, that's pretty good. And that also answered the next question. Why did you pick Michael for this job? So there we go. It saves me asking the question. So uh, let's just say hi to uh, David in the chat from Medway Computers. And obviously, you've got my boss as well, also known as the missus uh, from TFT Boss Lady. So there we go. So right. So next question is... Um, well, it's actually for you again, Paul. Um, there's rumours going around that you may be opening a bar up and that you'll be getting Sonia to run the ki uh, karaoke, basically. Is this think, true or um, have think, you got other plans? I think as soon as you mentioned Sonia doing karaoke, you know that's made up, don't you? If, if Sonia had her way, we wouldn't be opening a bar up. It wouldn't be in the backyard. Um, no, there's no plans for that at the moment. And certainly not with karaoke. Although she could do a touring karaoke and I could I could hire her out if anybody wanted to pay money. In fact, I'd pay you money to get rid of her for a while. Sounds like a good marriage you've got there, Paul. Right. <laughs> so, so if that's not the case, then what other plans do you have in your, shall we call it, retirement? Uh, short term, not a great deal. Um, we both want to get a bit fitter, do more exercise. I've not done much exercise for years, really. So we've got some general things like that. We started getting the bikes out recently, so we want to get into that. Um, but generally, I think the short-term stuff is just have a, a kind of pretty lazy summer, enjoy it. We've um, we tried to be sort of flexible on when we've taken time off over the last few summers to try and catch the weather and failed miserably half the time. Um, so, yeah, I think pretty much a lazy summer um and then we'll probably go to france back end of the year and kind of the intention is we'll book a week somewhere in france and then put a point in a map and go there for another week and just do what we want for as long as we want and that's that's kind of feels like freedom to me so beyond that not a great deal phil i'm i'm kind of looking forward to even when the point in time comes of, of thinking, God, I'm a bit bored now. What 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 do I need to do? Because I've I've kind of never been there. So no, no, not firm plans apart from feet up, relax, enjoy the summer, and a bit of exercise to go with it. No, that sounds pretty good. So you're not going to turn into one of these um, old bosses, what less for the company, what comes back every six months just to say hi well, and get on well, everyone's well, nerves. We'll be around sort of every month because we're still non-exec directors, so we'll be we'll be involved in club meetings. Um, but no, I I I think I'll be the perfect ex boss that that doesn't sort of get under under Michael's feet, but is there for support and advice and bounce ideas off. Right, that sounds pretty good. That does. Right, so Michael, next question is. What do you plan on changing at Target, if anything? I need to get Paul out first. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, uh, me, me, it's a quick answer. And his and his chair's gonna gonna go with him. Um, I think I feel I feel as though I've joined a business that's that's in a, in good health. I think it's it's fair to say it's a business that's been growing in recent years and has a Paul mentioned it has a solid platform for growth. So there's no burning platform here that says. Uh, I have to come in and make immediate change. 
I, I'm fairly impatient uh, individually. I, I'm week three. Uh, this is week three. Uh, and I'm already planning things that we might want to improve and look after. I, I have to learn the target business and how it works. I have to learn the marketplace and the environment in which we work. And the only way I'll do that is by um, gaining relationships with, with our vendor partners, with our, with our customers, and also learning from some of our competitors. I see a competitive landscape. I think there's some, there's some great companies out there. I'm respectful of that. We'll learn from that and we'll use that to help uh, evolve the target model. I have a, a board in my office, which uh, Paul keeps staring at as it grows and grows and grows. And on there are a whole host of, of things that I need to learn, questions I have, uh, areas of growth and development that I think we could expand out into. And I'm in the process over the next couple of months of fleshing that out into a, tar into a target strategy that will ultimately propel us forward. What's exciting for me is it's not a one-year strategy that says where do we want to be at the end of this year. Um, the decision that, that Paul Need have made to restructure the business as an EOT sets us up with a platform for where we want to be in 10 plus years time. Um, and that we, we want to grow. I think we're, 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 we're fundamentally, that's the statement of intent that we have. For us, it's about how we, how we achieve that. Um, so I've got, uh, I've, I, I leave every day with five more questions than, what, than I started with. Hopefully in time I start to answer some of those questions that levels out. We have the target. Uh, open day event uh, in May, which is the, the prime opportunity for, for me to meet uh, some of our customers and really get to understand why Target's the distributor, distributor of choice for some of those customers. Um, but at the minute, I'm very much in a in the learn state. Um, I'm I'm incredibly excited. Paul mentioned about energy. I'm 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 a nightmare to live with at the minute because I'm I'm living and breathing everything Target. So, but no 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 immediate plans for change. I think our customers can expect uh, consistency. They can expect that customer service ethos to continue. Um, I think one of the things that Paul Neon wanted was uh, consistency in terms of um, and culture and how we go to market. And, and I certainly initially think that's something that I'll provide. Right, that sounds pretty good. One of the first things I think you need to do is tell your customer service department not to call me while I'm on a live show. <laughs> They're trying to call me at the moment. So, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, let's go on to chat. So, um, we've got Richard saying afternoon all. Uh, we've got um, Clive saying Target has always been legendary for its support for all struggling independence. Uh, so, will the company's mission remain the same going forward? I think that touches on what Michael's just been saying, Clive. That mm -hmm. when I went back to the needle in the haystack, um, recruitment processes because we had we had so much that we wanted from the from our view of the perfect candidate and key amongst that was having to share that dna i mean that that same ethos this wait a moment i'll mention this before to people in the past but i think 2004 when there was a change in the market and things got things seemed to suddenly get tougher for indies the big brands were competing for price and so on and that's when we really, the penny drop for us that our success depends on your success. If if you guys are all struggling, we're, we're goosed. We need you guys to do well. And that shaped our DNA pretty much ever since. Um, we Initially, with some of the marketing support, we used to do reseller product brochure, TC3, and all these things that you remember from years and years ago, shop talk and so on. Um, and then all the way through to improving the the way we we do things so no that that 
element of it was key in somebody coming in. And I think uh, that was reflected in Michael's personal statement before he'd even come through the uh, through the door. It certainly came out in the uh, in the interview process and absolutely aligned with our view on on customer first. And so, no, in terms of that, Clive, the the, the mission remains the same. What we want to do is do everything better. And I'll, I'll give you a good example of that, really, that we've always been, or it's always been a bugbear of mine that the feedback is, is hugely important. And we try our best to encourage feedback, to collate feedback, to assess, to act on it, and so on and so forth. And it's it, at times in the past, that's been brilliant for us. I mean, we started doing laptop screens sort of 15 years ago, basically on, on feedback from a customer. That's a great idea. And it was very good for us and very good for our customers. But we're kind of at the point where we need to develop further. We need fresh ideas on how do we do that? How do we improve the systems? How do we improve? We've got things like the target Facebook group, the user group, which is great. Um, but how, how do we return that more? And I think that every business probably loses 90% of the useful feedback because it happens in conversations. It's not recorded anywhere. So when I talk about growing up, that's a good example of these are things that make us better that help to make us more successful because they help to, us to deliver more of what our customers want, but also make the world a better place for you guys. And that's that's the stage we're at when I talk about, you know, the fresh ideas, fresh perspective and that element of, of growing up. So some of it, if we talked in detail, we might talk about developing the processes and the systems, and it all sounds very dull and very... Uh, but in reality, it's about delivering more for our customers, and that's the key thing. The first line of our vision is to be the distributor of choice, and you do that by giving people what they're looking for. That's it. That's pretty good there. And also you give um, some tools and features what uh, other distributors don't like, obviously the PC builder and stuff like that, which obviously gets people keep coming back. So, right, uh, let's go on to Andy. So Andy says on LinkedIn, he says, uh, are there any plans to increase your range of products from other brands, uh, maybe bring in brands that are not as prominent in the UK? Yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. It's um, well, this will be down to Michael in future, obviously. But yeah, uh, range developments an ongoing, uh, an ongoing goal. Again, be the distributor of choice, giving people what they want. A big part of what you're offering is the the range of products you're offering. That's obviously the brands, the ranges within the brands, the pricing and the availability, the key things. And again, as we develop, as we go through this sort of growing up stage, we've got this platform now. All of those you'll see improvements in. We just to give a little bit of background to where we're at in terms of range development at the moment. We had a, a fairly prolific period where I think we were adding a new a new brand pretty much every month for about 18 months. And you tend to get a slight sort of pendulum effect. So we we tend to anyway, where you acquire a lot of new brands and then you've got to consolidate, you've got to deliver for those brands, you've got to um bed that in with your customers and make sure you're delivering the numbers. So we've been a little bit quieter now on that front. Probably in terms of big brand launch announcements, we've been certainly quieter than we were over probably the last year or so. But I think we're at that stage again where we're ready for the next sort of wave of, of brand development. Of course, on top of that, one thing we 
we do is it's not unique to us, but a little bit different is a lot of the own brand products. And again, that's been slightly, um, we're still evolving. So the pixel range, for example, you see the development of that over the last couple of years. But in terms of the pace of development of own brand ranges, COVID sort of, um, sort of not not completely postponed that, but it's it's been a blockage to that because we can't get over and see the factories and go to the shows and this sort of thing. So, yeah, I think one of the areas, obviously, Michael will be keen to look at is how, how we accelerate the range development, the how we measure the attractiveness of our range and keep constantly improving it. And hopefully get to the point where we don't have this sort of pendulum effect of adding loads of new brands and then trying to bed them in and then adding loads of new brands and bedding them in and we get that more consistent evolution in the future. But yes, there's always plans to to uh, to enhance them and improve the product range. Just just to add to that, I think one of the things that's really important is that when we when we add a brand, we've got to support that brand in the right way. The the distributor offers value to the vendor partner and the brand in the same way that we offer value through to the customer. So when we add a brand, it's got to be because it's the right thing for Target to do, which will generally mean it's because it's for the right thing for our customer to do. One of the things that that Martin, who who leads our procurement function, and I have already talked a lot about is how do we position the the brands that that Target offer and ensure that we can support those brands in the in the right way. I think we've got the opportunity to. And it goes a little bit to Andy's question. I think we've got the opportunity to potentially bring some new brands to the table and be, be pioneers to support that brand through uh, its development in the same way that the, there are some existing brands that I think we'd like to we'd like to work more closely with too. But it's always always a decision made with the customer in mind. Okay, some pretty good answers there. So next we've got a question what came in on the Facebook group, basically saying, uh, will they be enhancing their lot? Oh, sorry. Will you be enhancing your laptop parts stock, for example, screen size, uh, as in there's only certain ones available and so forth to keyboards, palm rests, and etc. Would lovely if they did this. Um, then it wouldn't need to order from eBay or China. I'm, I'm just thinking you've probably got the two worst people in the company to ask that question to because Michael's in his third week and I'm in this sort of stepping back phase. Um, I think we've expanded the or oh, we've had an ordering recently on the laptop screen, so we've got certainly got more laptop screens in. Um goes back a little bit to I know it's a generic answer to but to what we were just talking about in terms of how we measure and evaluate the range going forwards. Um laptop parts, I think we've got we've had things like keyboards in the past, and we've got things like palm rests and so on. Um but as a as a general point, and again going back to the feedback I was talking about, um and the fact that we are probably the two worst people to answer that question. Uh, go on the target user group, put that question on the target user group, and you'll get Sonia or Scott or Martin or one of the buyers or somebody who can give a much a much better answer than us will answer that question directly. That's a, a great way to get feedback on, uh, on stuff like that. But, yeah, we kind of go back to we're constantly looking. Just one last thing on the screens. Our screen stock has, has been impacted by uh, sort of world events over the last year or two. Prices went absolutely crazy. So when you get to that situation, you've always got a decision. You've got, you've got competing forces of uh, keeping your range and your availability versus the price is just crazy and 
we can't expect people to be paying those kind of prices for the products. It's now got a bit more sensible and we're hopefully getting back to a little bit more like and normal on the, certainly on the laptop screen range. I'm sure that everybody that's, that's dialed in is already um, signed up to receive our marketing communications. But um, from, from monitoring this week, I do believe I'm right in saying that there are 14-inch uh, laptop screens promoted this week and also Genius Palm Rest as well. So um, I, I think that we've, we've communicated out this week even that some, uh, some offers and deals on, uh, on those stocks as well. Okay, sounds pretty good. But yeah, um, do what obviously Paul says is probably a good idea if you have to specific things about stock is contact them on their Facebook page on the user things, a bit like the tech for text page, but for target only. And obviously, you'll get them answering. So that's a, definitely a good thing to do. Um, right, next question, sort of answered already. But Paul, does this mean you're totally gone? Or will you still have influence and be able to, for example, come back and tell Michael off if he's not doing his job right? <laughs> Uh, well, myself and Ian will both be non-exact directors. So, um, yes, in a sense, because the two of us and Michael will be the board of target components. But in terms of sort of coming in, getting under Michael's feet day to day, um, no, I don't envisage that. I, I don't think. I'm, I'm kind of here at Michael's discretion at the moment, because I said, when we get to the point, there's a handover period at the moment, but when we get to the point which where I'm just mithering him and I'm and we just I'm a blockage I'm I'm wasting his time then he'll tell me and I'll just spend more time at home. Um so no I think my my initial view on this whole transition thing was we'd get a new managing director and I would be around pretty much day to day for six months or so pretty much kind of full time for six months or so and part of that was the um the sort of support, the handover, this sort of thing, but um, primarily this um, evaluation period, if you like, make sure we've got the right person. And we're three weeks in and have no concerns whatsoever on that front. So, um, no, I'll, I'll not be getting under people's feet, but I, I have no doubt there won't be any disasters, but we'll still be around if there are any disasters. It's a... It is. I mean, we, we've talked about the, the construct of our board when the board meetings going forward. Obviously, there's a formal element of things that we need to do, but that, that relationship, I mean, one of the things that Paul's, Paul's tenure here has, has been, he's such a, a figurehead of the business. I think that it's important that we retain that, and we've talked about how we'll continue to work together going forward. We've, we've struck up a great relationship early on. Uh, it'll look different when we turn the cameras off and go back to <laughs> go back to arguing with each other. But no, it's um, it's a relationship that I I will value not just through this handover period, but um, um, the only issue I have is uh, I think what your next question might be actually about the dogs. Well, it depends on which one you want me to oh, read yeah. first. This, this, yeah, this is the one flaw in the um, in the recruitment process. We didn't realise until Michael actually started that he's not comfortable with dogs. So. Up until Michael coming in, the dogs used to come in my office, and uh, we've, we've had to use other offices. So they've been in Steve, whereas my ops manager's office when they've been in the in Target. But no, the dogs will not remain in the business. They are, in fact, they're currently at the mother-in-law's. 
if people are not sure what we're on about here about dogs and customer services, we're not calling the customer service team dogs or anything like that. It's actually Paul and Sonia's dogs usually hang around the office. <laughs> so just in case anyone was tuning in and didn't understand. Right, okay, so we've got Dean Wood also saying welcome, Michael, from uh, also at um, Smart Computers. Uh, as long as Target continues to support us, Indies, uh, they have us, as they have in the past, we'll be very happy. Um, sorry to see you go as well, Paul. Thank you, Dean. Right. We'll see you in right. May. That's it. So, um, have you got guys got any tickets left for your open day, or is it all sold out? It's sold out in about two and a half weeks. So, um, we'd initially sort of captured at uh, 150, and then the the venue sort of said there was a bit of leeway, so we just kept adding numbers, and then we had to pull pull the plug at 200. Yeah. So, we got. Uh, there'll be a process in oh, we're almost in April, aren't we? So probably from the back, the middle of this month, I think Sonia's going to start phoning everybody's registered just to make sure they're coming because we've got a big shortlist of people who who didn't make the cut but want to come. So obviously, if if anybody can't make it for any reason, drops out, we go back to whoever's top on the shortlist. So yeah, it should be a good day. That sounds pretty good. Right, this one's for you, Michael. Um, have you changed anything at Target already rather than just kicking Paul out of the office? Uh, probably the only thing that we've actually changed is um, we're going to be coming back to the office uh, to work. So we've introduced a, a hybrid working model. When I when I go back two weeks ago, the team was still primarily working from home. So we brought the, as of Monday, uh, the new, which is our new financial year, a uh, bit of a fresh start sort of all around. So we're bringing the bringing the team back into the office. We'll be doing uh, three days a week uh, across the across the week. Different people with different sort of flexible working arrangements. But uh, I'm really excited about that because I think it'll be uh, be great to have all the all the different teams working together. We can be much more agile in terms of how we respond back to uh, to any issues with customers or our partners. So that's probably the uh, that's that's definitely one thing that we've we've changed. Um, but otherwise, it's it's very much about learning for me, and I, I'm I'm we we we're in, the business is in a good position, and therefore it affords me a, a, the luxury, if you like, of a little bit of time um, to figure things out. And when we make the when we make the decisions about where we're going to invest, uh, it's important that we we pursue those uh, wholeheartedly. So uh, we're going to take a little bit of time for for me to learn the business and and the, the wider market. And then we've got a, we've got our first board meeting uh, at the end of April, and we'll start as early as that to get stuck into some of the plans, um, and then we'll move on from there. But one of the biggest things that I'm I'm focused on is consistency. Uh, if you've got a product and a brand that's that's well established with a great reputation, I I don't need to come in and, and put early markers down. I don't need to do anything crazy to impress Paul or Ian. I think there's a level of trust there in terms of how we're going to work together. So uh, no, so that's. That's about my only one so far. I think I've changed. I think you've won me over already. As soon as you said consistency, that got me because that's one of the first things I tell anyone when we're telling them to do anything in the stores or anything like that. And as the missus has just said in the chat, the boss, consistency is key. So uh, there you go. She's taken my uh, my line already there. But yeah, so consistency, yeah, you won me over with that one. Right, okay. So if anyone else in chat other than the boss wants to ask any questions, feel free to ask them. Uh, Michael's here. Paul's here. If you want to know what Sonia's going to be doing with a spare time, 
time or you want to know what Michael does when he's not at work, well, feel free to uh, send the questions in and we'll get them asked. Um, nothing too rude, though, guys, okay? Uh, I know what some of you are like. Right, okay, so next we've got, what do you expect from your employees, Michael? Oh, that's a great question. The um, We did a, a company update, on the, which we do every month on the, I think it was the second morning after I just started, and the team asked the same kind of question. The uh, What's most important for us is, is how we serve our customers. The key to how serving our customers isn't actually me and it's not Paul, it's the team and how the team respond to that. Now, they will clearly work under the direction that we set and the culture that we create. But I have a, my strong belief is that if we look after the people within Target correctly, they will look after our customers correctly and we will mandate, if you like, the the ways in which we expect um, those behaviors um, to be. So if there was one thing I would say to my team is I have no issues with people making mistakes. I think that's how you learn. The clever people only tend to make the mistakes once uh, and then they learn the lesson quickly and move on. But within that, uh, I want I want the team to try things. I want them to explore different avenues and, and things that grow our business and make us more relevant. But I want us to be just honest with it. I think I, think I value integrity uh, and reputation probably more than anything uh, and i think that if, we, if we're true to true to ourselves and, and everyone's honest and uh, about how we how we work that's probably the main thing um anybody that, that falls foul of that for me unfortunately we will have a, an issue but what i will say is um when you go through an interview process you you hear about business you hear about its people internally its customers and how it sells and what it looks like and then you join and start to pull the cover and you think oh this isn't maybe quite what I expected, but what I will say is that the team at Target, I'm incredibly impressed by. I think we've got the nucleus of, of, a, of a core squad of people that can grow the business. Uh, our customer base is, we, we've got a lot of customers, a lot of loyal customers, and that's kind of great as well. So I'd say a fair play to Paul that what he said, what he said uh, I would I would join is the reality, actually. So probably why after two to three weeks where we're still getting on harmonious. Even after I found out he was a Middlesbrough fan. And, oh, he, and he mocked me about my team as well. I don't know. Could be worse, I suppose. But Could be worse, yeah. There we go. Right, okay. So next question is, what do you do on a typical day? Get a bit more personal here, uh, Michael. So what do you do on a typical day at work? So do you just come and put your feet up and let everyone just tell you what to do? Or do you just say yes, no? Or what do you actually do? Paul's taught me well. So it's a harmonious uh, cycle of coffee coffee and, uh, and chit-chat and banter. Um, I don't know what a typical day is yet um for me at the minute the typical days i want to i'm spending as much time as i can with the people from the environment i was in we were working from home so my team was was largely remote so i used to spend all day in meetings and on the phone there is a there is a sort of a cultural um a cultural kind of change for me which is moving from a large organization previously uh to target i had sort of three to four hundred people uh working for me here it's it's the 60 or so people that are at target we're all here in, in kind of one office. I, I'm excited for that, the chance to spend time with the team. So at the minute, I'm engrossed in the team as much as I can. Uh, I've I've spent time in our warehouse. Uh, I've spent time listening to sales calls. I've been in, in meetings with the procurement team, just engrossing myself uh, in the business. I think 
as we move into more of a, a normal kind of phase of working, I do see myself as being sort of the driver of of the of the trading uh, nature of our business. Uh, I want to be customer facing, so I want to get out there and actually experience what targets uh, are doing. Uh, internally, there's a drive for efficiencies, which we've we've touched upon in the in the conversation. I do uh, believe we have opportunities to run our business uh, more effectively uh, and make better use of the the sort of resources that that, that we have. Um, and I guess fundamentally, it's my job to pull together the the growth strategy that we we've, we've talked about, and then to to hold the business to account to achieve that. That's why I expect Paul and Ian to do to me, and that's what I'll be doing to the team as well. But as I've said to the team. We'll work together in the right way. I think they'll find me um, pretty good and pretty fun to work for. Um, and I, I look forward to working with them as well. Okay, that's a pretty good answer there. So let's have a look. So if anyone else does have any actual questions, feel free to send them over. Um, I don't think they're going to sack Craig, Richard, just because he supports lead, but um, leads. Um, but otherwise, he says he's never had any issues with any of the team at uh, Target. So uh, uh, so you seem to have a great team. So I'm, I'm guessing that's down to Paul, or at least partly anyway. To be fair, Phil, I'm not a Leeds fan, I'm a Bolton fan, but Leeds is the local team here, so that's perfectly justifiable to have staff supporting Leeds where we are based. For, for right. the best, Richard. What's Richard? Richard Richard's a Watford fan, isn't he? Is he? Just answer I'm on the sure. You're a Watford fan, Richard, I think you are. I'm not sure if he is or not, but uh, no doubt he'll comment in a second. Um, Craig Moore is saying... Uh, what power of one would you have coming into the job? If you understand that one. Oh, it's a, apparently it's a concept if we leave, read his next comment down, uh, meaning which one actively can you influence or change that will have the most cascading impact down the line? I think to be fair at this stage, this, this goes back to what Michael said, the... Um, the early stages, the sensible approach is you absorb and you learn and you you learn what we're good at, what we could be better at. And we'll probably be anybody coming into the role, you're really going to be a month, two months down the line before you start to firm up the priorities of what are the things you can influence the most, the quickest. So, yeah, I, I I wouldn't expect anybody coming into a business. In fact, I can remember my dad telling me years ago, I was, I was doing some senior recruitment, and we were talking about some of the interview processes he'd been in in the past. And he said, you always get this question about what would you do if you worked here? And anybody who gives you a definitive answer on that is, is a clown because the honest answer at a senior level is I don't know until I get in and I observe and I find out what we've got, what we need, what we're good at, what we're not good at, and then sort my priorities from there. So I, I think, in fairness, that's, that's an impossible question to answer at this stage in the business. The only thing, the only thing, I think you're right from an external perspective, I think the only thing we have done, and it goes back to that first meeting, is um, the setting of expectations on behaviours. We, we did touch on the last question, um, how what do I expect of, of employees? Um, we were less than 24 hours into my tenure when I said, look, this is, this is, this is what I expect with regards to honesty and integrity and kind of how we work. Um, that actually mirrors what already exists at Target. There's no, one of the things that I definitely don't have to worry about spending time on is, is kind of 
we've got a, a poisonous culture, we've got poor people, we've got issues with behaviours. That's fundamentally not the case. And therefore, not having to worry about that is a, is, is a, real, is a real strength. Uh, but I think that kind of early set at this stage, that kind of early setting of expectations, behaviors, how we work is probably probably the, the key and probably pushing on that message of kind of consistency. The team here are expecting us to change, but actually what they're expecting after our early conversations is an evolution in terms of how we work, seeing some new strategies develop and evolve. But you're not going to suddenly find that we're going to be branching out into adjacent sectors uh, we've got no plans to fundamentally change the customer base and how we go to market. We haven't got huge, big um, sort of change in structure, brands or uh, announcements to follow. So I think that coming back to kind of consistency and setting of behaviours, that would be my um, my kind of initial sort of line in the sand on that. Okay, sounds pretty good. So hopefully that answered your question, Craig. So uh, and Richard's saying yes as well. So I think that was yes to the Watford. Uh, so well, I'm supposed someone has to support them. Um, right. Next up, we've got uh, okay. Who's taken over Sonia's position? Has it uh, has she been forced out due to a singing, or was it something else? <laughs> um, no, Sonia's obviously. Can't bear the thoughts of me putting my foot, feet up in the garden over the summer and then having to work. So Sonia's going at the same time as, as me. Um, in terms of who takes over Sonia's role, Sonia's role has, has sort of changed um, quite significantly over the last few years. Obviously, she, we moved her into the customer relations manager role. Um, and then she started some account management. That's all been passed on. And she's mainly done sort of project work over the last probably six to nine months, something like that. Um, so there's a series of projects that will be handed over. Some of them have a home. Um, some of them are still to be determined, but it's, it's impossible to take a like-for-like -like replacement of Sonia on in the business. So there's a handover period that, that sort of target uh, leaving date is, is the end of May. So there's about six six eight weeks something like that um and there'll be a process of, of getting michael up to speed on the projects that sonia's been working on to the extent that some michael may, may take over some just need the donkey works done and they just need managing through and some it'll be a case of deciding where they best sit within the business but there's not it's not a case of going out and getting a light for light replacement because the team's evolving all the time though we probably have four, five new starters, including Michael, in the last couple of months. So it's not a static. We have X number of people and they remain the same forever and Sonia goes and there's a big a big gap. Obviously, the office will be much quieter without her and the danger of walking in on Sonia mid-song has, has been removed, which improves our record from a health and safety point of view and that sort of stuff has all improved. But otherwise, you have no plans to directly replace Right, that sounds a, a pretty good answer. I've got another one related to that. Is it true to honour Sonia that you're changing your hold music on your phone system to her singing? <laughs> we would never have any phone calls, would we? We would never have any phone calls. I can't believe I'm the only one that's still not brave enough to mock Sonia for singing. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a link I've got a recording of her from one of the past Target shows. I'll send I'm you that later. <laughs> I'm, I'm smart. I'm going to stick up for Sonia in this. Sonia, I'm I'm on your side. You, 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 sing, you sing out loud. You've never heard of Sonia. I know, but I don't want to <laughs> 
I can only have a back back fill by somebody who'd never heard Sonia singing. That's it. I'm going to say, I can't think of anyone else would have said that, to be honest here. But we have got a video of you as well, as well, Paul, dancing yeah, well, um, on stage, yeah, well, if I remember I, right. I wasn't dancing. I was I was forced to stand on the dance floor. That's my excuse. Yeah, and do a few stretches. I don't do that. <laughs> So yeah, no, I think the video says slightly different. But anyway, uh, well, so I don't do dancing to be fair. Yeah, um, you're not the only one. Right, let's have a look. Uh, what other questions we've got on here? So uh, let's have a look. Um, what do you do when you're not in the office, Michael? Yeah, I said this at the start. One of the so Paul and I probably have only found that we're not in sync on a couple of things. Dogs is is one of Dogs, them. Middlesbrough, golf. Middlesbrough and golf is the is the third one. So uh, I'm a, I'm a one of those poor uh, golf addicts uh, who dreams about golf, swings imaginary golf clubs by the water cooler, and uh, yeah, that's where you'll most likely find me. Uh, a Middlesbrough fan for my sins, very big into health and fitness. I've got a young family. Um, parents evening tonight actually, which is uh, is, is usually okay. So no, that's I'm 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 very simple. Uh, been with my wife for for 15 years. Two young girls who were uh, who were everything to me. Um, career is important. Love playing golf. Keep fit and healthy. Um, and as long as I can do that, I'm uh, I'm pretty easy. Right, sounds like a pretty good answer. So it looks like you've got a new customer from Richard here. He says, uh, I know where to come for our IT products from now on. So it looks like he's liking your answers. Um, so it doesn't look like you're scaring anyone off at the moment. So you, you're doing a good job from there. Richard, so. uh, Richard also runs a very effective printing business. Should anybody uh, have any needs in that area, we could uh, we could certainly cross-sell Richard. To, Richard's a great guy. Well, there you go then, Right. Um, next one is for you, Paul. What do you think about Brexit? Uh, <laughs> we don't, we've, we've not had a Brexit question since the last time I was doing a Q&A. Um, yeah. yeah. Who, who said this one, Phil? Who, who uh, it what? was the boss, apparently. Apparently it was uh, um, Jenny. Uh, pretty much the same as I've thought about Brexit for most of the way through. Um, yeah, it's... Is what it is, but it's done, and we get on with it. We still, we still have carriers like DPD struggling to get pallets into, um, all, the, all carriers struggling to get pallets into Republic of Ireland. Uh, there's a lot of fuss in Northern Ireland at the moment about the, about the whole thing. So yeah, it's it's messy, and we've still not got to the end of, of sorting it all out yet. Um, it's a real, to me, it's a real shame that the that the one thing that got people energised politically was Brexit because it's kind of not the thing that should have become tribal. There are there are far more important things that people could have pinned the colours to for me. But it is what it is. It's done. We kind of met the best of it from here on in. But, yeah, thanks, Jenny. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure I'll get one. We're doing a and a at the event in May, and I'm sure there'll be Brexit questions at, at, at that as well. They're usually unlikely. The but, the usual ones. I mean, the, the irony of all this is that that so much has happened post Brexit that it seems like the sort of minor thing. Now, really, you look back and we've had COVID. COVID's a much bigger thing than Brexit. Uh, we got war in Ukraine at the moment, cost of living crisis, all this sort of stuff. Brexit just seems like you know a fairly minor thing that we all got very wound up about and wasted a lot of time and effort for a long time on. 
So yeah, it is what it is. I, I, I mean, considered all sides of the argument, I would still lean towards. I would have preferred the vote to go the other way, but it is what it is, and it's done. And we, we kind of move on, make the best of it. But right. interesting, so, interesting times generally in terms of the the sort of global events at the moment, and that's. I say it's made Brexit sort of pale into into insignificance in a sense. Yeah, good answer there, and I'm pretty sure you'll be answering more questions about Brexit, as you I said. Have, I have absolutely no doubt, Phil. It's, it's a tradition. So, regarding the targets open day, or whatever you're calling it, in a couple of months, um, who's going to be doing the questions at the end of the day, then, the Q&A? Is it going to be Michael, or is it going to be Paul, or is it going to be both of you? Both of us. Both of us. Both of you. I mean, the event is, at the timing of the events and everything, we we we're doing the event because we can basically we couldn't for COVID or we couldn't confidently plan anything during COVID with lockdowns and restrictions and all this sort of thing. We and we're in the same boat as you were your event felt that we're pretty confident that the direction of travel is going to be okay for the for the summer at least. So um yeah, partly because we can we haven't done one since 2019, but of course. This is very much a, a sort of last hurrah for me and Sonia because I, I don't think we should be sort of attending events in the future. I think we might be getting in the way a little bit or um, I don't know. Certainly not. We might do a few years down the line, who knows, but I think it's probably the wrong thing to do once we've once we've gone or immediately once we've gone. Um, so it's a, a chance for us to say, Goodbye, farewell, see you soon to uh, to lots of customers. And um, also a big part of that is is let people see Michael. Because mm. you get all we've seen the questions today, you know, there's there's that fear of change. And what you what you typically get from customers who have great relationships with customers, and you get customers saying, But we like dealing with Target and now oh, Things are going to change, and I'm worried about what that change is going to look like. And really, you meet this guy and have an atta with this guy, and you 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 think he's just, like I say, a newer, younger, better version of me. And the principles are are the same. And all you'll see in terms of target is improvement. Not we won't lose the ethos. It's it's in the DNA of the business. There was a comment earlier about I think it might have been Clive said. Um, I've, I've always liked. I've read it down. Yeah, well, well if I could read you right. <laughs> um, yeah, the, dealing with any of our, our staff, it's always, oh, all our staff are great. You've got a great team. And it's in the DNA of the business. And that's that's not going to change. But really, this event for us is a great opportunity for us on a personal level, for me and Sonia to spend time with people that we've got to know really well and, and like over the years and to say, but. This is this is a new guy. There's nothing to be scared of. Things are just going to get better. You know, nothing's nothing's going to get worse. So yeah, it's, we're really looking forward to it. First first time seeing lots of people in 3D for three years. So really looking forward to it. That's good. I'm going to say I know I'm looking forward to seeing people. I'm going to say we'll be there as well at the target day as well. Obviously our own. Well, it'd be a bit strange if we weren't at our own day. What you could do um, in the future though, you could always have a cardboard cutout of um, Paul and Sonia and stick them up by the bar or, or something like that in future events or something. Just sort of a no. 
I'm not sure that would that would benefit anybody. Michael, I can see Michael's face there is going. No, I don't like that one. <laughs> it was telling for me that you suggested it be by the bar, not <laughs> not by the not by the exhibition stands or or in stitch. I don't know. Right, let's get to the end then. So we've um, got one more question, and then we'll just do closing comments. So we've got. Um, Let's have a look if I can see where it was now. So, okay, can you um, tell us uh, if any pressure will be applied to manufacturers regarding decent point-of-sales material uh, in the future? Ongoing, I know, just wondering if that's on Michael's radar. I, know, I must admit we get the same issue as well with point-of-sales material. Uh, the only things we ever get are generally pens, which I'm not sure how a pen's supposed to help sell things, but we get lots of them. Yeah, this is always on a, a radar. I I think again we've had the this kind of weird period over the last couple of years. Um, a lot of a lot of manufacturers sort of pulled back a little bit from point of sale, so it was like pulling teeth at one point trying to get point of sale. And then of course we had COVID and lockdown, and the cost of getting things over the transport cost of getting things over from the far east has has gone through the roof. So yeah, I think it's. I think there's an acceptable, from a manufacturer's point of view, I think we have to give them a little bit of grace that they've not been, not all manufacturers have been brilliant at providing POS over the last couple of years. But yeah, it's very much on our, um, on our list because we get asked all the time by customers. So yeah, the more we can do and the, the better we can be at distributing that and getting it from the manufacturers. Yes, but. So that little bit of sympathy there with COVID and just the sheer cost of, of getting things over, you know, container prices shot up to what, six, seven, eight times what they should be. Uh, earth rate shot up. So it's kind of understandable that they've not been that keen on producing this any point. So, but it's very much on our list, yeah. Just to quickly add for the day, I used to, uh, the environment I've just come from, we had um, 28 branch outlets throughout the UK and Ireland, and uh, as well as the kind of main office hub. And one of the strategies that we implemented was to make those those um, trade counters feel a little bit more like a retail space environment. Uh, a big push on that for us was getting manufacturers involved in in offering decent POS where we could not and supplement that ourselves. So it is actually a conversation I had with the buying team earlier this week. So definitely on the radar, and uh, even more so now that it's um, obviously aware that it's a it's a it's a part customer issue as well. So. Yes, uh, just out from my perspective, it is. Yeah, I'm going to say, I know um, point of sales has always been an issue at our end. Um, going back years, it used to be the days they used to chuck it at you, and nowadays you're basically begging for it or even printing it yourself, especially when you get a new product no one's ever heard of, trying to promote something what no one's ever heard of. It's not very easy. I must admit there's some good companies out there. I must, uh, Bull God or Norton, as you call them now, they are good with a point of sale. Some of you probably seen the post from earlier on on the Tech for Tech group um, uh, from D-Tech Steve. Um, and he's got loads of Norton point of sales material. They pretty much give it you. And I wish all suppliers were pretty much the same as that. Um, right. So uh, I think that's pretty much it for the questions for today. So let's put some leaving thoughts on there so um paul is there anything you would like to say as your potentially last tech um talk basically show uh, potentially, well, I, would say. 
I think it's probably safe bet it is my last one because I'll be I'll be sort of kicked out the door in the next few weeks, I think. Um no, I just appreciate everybody getting involved uh with the show today. Um I will see a lot of people in, in May. Um have the sort of conversations then that might be a sort of a, a farewell type conversation. I'm sure we'll keep in touch with lots of people anyway, uh, beyond our our day to day involvement at Target. But no, um it's been for anybody who, who who I don't have any interaction with other than seeing this today, it's I've, I've had a great time at Target. It's a brilliant job. It's a brilliant business. Uh, we've got a brilliant team of people and we've got brilliant customers and I've met so many fantastic people over the years. So if there's anybody watching this or, or interacting with this and this is the last time we ever see each other, thank you. <laughs> it's been brilliant. And uh, I hope we we continue to bump into people, meet people and was with. We tend to drive down to France, so there's a few of our customers in the southern end of England where we're getting us popping in because we need a stopover on the way down. So you won't completely get rid of me yet. Just, just look for the local pub. You'll be all right. You'll be there somewhere. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Over to Michael then. Michael, what's your final thoughts um, for the show? Yeah, I would say thanks to you, Phil, for, uh, for for having us today. I think it's this is a big change for for, for Target. We're moving into a into a sort of a new a new era. Not just because I'm here, but because we've got the the employee owned business as well. Uh, all I would say is uh, thank you to Paul for for the opportunity he's given me and for the way in which we've been working together. He for all the jokes he is uh, he is letting me do my thing even at this uh, early stage. And I think for on behalf of everyone at Target, I think what what Paul and Sonia have brought to the business. Uh, they deserve nothing but their ultimate credit for. Uh, I'm, I'm privileged to be joining the business in this role uh, to have this opportunity. So I'll, I'll close out by just thanking Paul uh, as well for the opportunity. And uh, I've got a great sense of responsibility to, uh, to, to make his decision the right one, really. There we go. So that's pretty good. So right, guys. It's basically the end of the show. I'm just going to say thank you to Paul because without Paul, I don't think my independent business would have grown as well as it did from his, uh, his uh, I was going to say tech talk, it's shop talk programs and other help um, his team have given us over the years as well. So I'd just like to say thank you, Paul. And you can see from the chat, there's a few other people saying thank you as well. And no doubt you'll get quite a few more uh, after the show as well. And I look forward to working with you as well, Michael. Um, I hope Sonia's not in tears too much tonight or, or currently if she's watching the show um, because I've had a few words with her on, uh, I think, Facebook or whatever, and she's pretty much crying every time I speak to her, I think. <laughs> but uh, uh, but going forward, I wish you both best of luck, and I'm pretty sure we'll bump into each other many times, uh, even if it's a cardboard cut out next to the bar. Thank you. Right, guys. That's no problem. Um, right, guys, if you are interested in watching another show, we've got another one coming up next Thursday at the usual time, 8 p.m. We have actually got Microsoft on the show. So we've got Microsoft along with VIP computers on the show, and that's next Thursday at 8 p.m., usual time, usual place. You know the drill. Uh, so we'll be on next Thursday. If you are interested in joining Tech for Text, you can join Tech for Text by going to techfortext.co.uk forward slash join. I'll stick it on the screen so you can see it. If 
if you just click on that link, you can basically, well, you can't click on it, but you type it in your browser uh, and go to the page and click join and fill in the questions. And obviously, if we approve you, you'll be let into the Tech for Tech Facebook group with over 1,300 members, just like you. We've got vendors, distributors, MSPs, independent techs, all the way from guys earning a few thousand pounds a year, all the way up to guys earning hell of a lot more. Um, so if you're interested in joining, make sure you go there, fill the questions in. If you don't fill the questions in, we will not let you in. Simple as that. But otherwise, we'll see you guys next week, Thursday, 8 p.m., and with Microsoft and VIP. Again, thank you, Paul, and thank you, Michael. If you guys just stay on just for a few seconds just after the show uh, and all be done. So, again, thank you, everyone. Good. Well, I was going to say good night, but good evening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.